0: ceo don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about podgo section of your application now get ready for the rest of the episode
1: guys we are back and so is officiating being a joke in the nhl it's i don't know if we could say it's back because it's always there yeah never goes away
0: yeah exactly like a cockroach (laughs) that's a good good one that is a great analogy sending all our love To Nick Suzuki.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that. McNabb punches him. Chris Lee's looking right at it. McNabb ties the game up. Celebrates by falling into Chris Lee. Chris Lee's putting an arm around him.
2: Corey Perry comes in.
1: I don't know how Corey Perry didn't draw a single penalty last night. There were at least four infractions on him. Guys, I went back and I, I did some some number checking. Would you like to know how many power play opportunities the Golden Knights have had compared to their opponents since they played the Wild?
0: So that would be the Avalanche and the Montreal Canadiens.
1: Yes. Yeah. So Las Vegas in the round against Minnesota at seven games, they had fifteen power plays. Minnesota had sixteen. Isn't that just the best NHL officiating completely even that's very strange, isn't it? Especially a team of Ryan raves on it. Okay. So.
0: Is he playing?
1: He did not play last game. Yeah.
0: I haven't heard his name.
1: Was he hurt or scratched? He was a healthy scratch.
0: (laughs) I haven't heard about Ryan raves since like the first round.
1: Well, their forwards aren't scoring period. If, if (laughs) if Max Pacioretty is not scoring Ryan raves is ineffective (laughs) anyway, even if uh, he is scoring. I mean, yeah, he scored like six goals in his entire career. Anyway, so, yeah, Minnesota had the extra one. Isn't that kind of odd, isn't it? Seven-game series, even penalties. Then we go to the Colorado series. In the first two games, Las Vegas had five power plays. Colorado had 12. Oh. Now, if you remember in the middle of that series, Pete DeBoer complained about officiating. Yeah. These are the games, game three onwards, 2-2 apiece. Las Vegas, 4-2, four power play opportunities, I mean. Game five and six, one apiece. Going against the Montreal Canadiens, game one, 4-3 Vegas, they have the one extra advantage. Two nothing in game two, Montreal, zero power play opportunities. Four to two against the Habs in game three, including a missed call on Corey Perry, never forget. We'll get to that later. Game four, 1-1. So if we look at it by the numbers, Colorado had the 18 to 13 advantage. That was a disparity of five. The Habs currently in the series, Vegas 11 opportunities, Montreal six, the disparity five.
0: So you know now, what needs to happen?
1: Oh, wait, I'm, I'm not. Hold oh, on. Okay. Hold on.
2: Oh, I was going to say a joke, but I'll wait for you to finish.
1: If we now look at the Montreal Canadiens through the entirety of the playoffs, Against the Winnipeg Jets, they had 13 power play opportunities. The Jets had eight. The disparity there, five. Okay. Against the Leafs, seven games a bit more even, but still the disparity is four. Okay. The Leafs had 23 power plays. Montreal had 19. I find it very odd looking at those numbers because it's either the difference is even, almost one, or all of a sudden, since Pete DeBoer complained about officiating, the numbers have gone Vegas' way.
0: But he wasn't the only one who... I, I get the point you're making, and I know you're not happy, but yeah. he's not the only one who's complained about officiating. Like, go back to the first round, right? There was... Uh, I might be missing a name here, but I Rod Brindamore, John Cooper, and... The name's escaping me, but there was someone else who complained, Bruce right? Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy. yeah, yeah. And well, that Bruce Cassidy York was, was last, last round. Um, but yeah, right. Like, he, he's not Pete DeBoer is not the only one who's complained here.
1: Now I'll say this then. Okay. How many referees since Game Seven against San Jose, when they blew it against Vegas, have gone against the Golden Knights? What do you mean? That call called them the series, cost them it. Mm -hmm. Since then, there has never, ever been a controversial call in Vegas. And the big problem I have here is in game three and four, in a span of two games against the rough and tough Golden Knights with Braden McNabb, who doesn't have a penalty in the playoffs, Chris Lee is the official losing control. Sees Nick Suzuki get punched by the guy who would tie the game. There is no call. Chris Lee, who the Habs have lost 14% more games when he is officiating, the guy who when Brendan Gallagher got his jaw broken on the ice did not call a penalty. He when sportsnet commentators are starting to say you've lost control of the game when Craig Simpson is losing it. Here's the big problem. Like, here we're we're gonna go. There is no rule book anymore. I can watch a hockey game, and this is not a Habs fan talking when I'm about to say this. I think anyone can say this. No one knows what the rules are because every official calls the game a different way. I can have my opinions and whatever about Chris Lee, but every playoff series is officiated a different way. Each game to game, even with the same officials, goes a different way. And we saw how strict they were in game three. And then in game four, we saw how tight it was and how there was some stupid line of calls.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you're I think you're spot on with what you're saying there in terms of the each referee, it the way the rules are written are subjective, right? I think like that's that we would all be in agreement on that. It, to a certain extent they are subjective and i think that's where the where the issue you're talking about lies in that you're it seems to me that they're handing them a rule book and it's like okay up to your interpretation and it's like well that works to a certain extent right because you have games like like last night and this might be an over exaggeration but i think what happened last night makes what makes what happened to Tim Peel looked like nothing.
1: Oh, man, I... Daniel, what's your take? We, we've, we you've been very quiet. I feel like I gotta yeah. take my flannel <laughs> off, guys, here. I'm, I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot talking about this already.
2: I, I admit, like, when we saw the Corey Perry high stick in game three, I thought that was <laughs> the benchmark of, okay, you, you missed this one huge big call. Let's make sure it doesn't happen in game four. But then when we watch game four, it just, you know, it just snowballed. It was a lot worse. There was a lot more non calls. There were a lot more of like let them play, but it was so skewed on Vegas's favor that I just didn't understand what was going on. That, like, again, when I mentioned the Brandon McNabb thing, it just it was just so explicit. Or even with Shea Weber and um Thomas Nostick, that that whole thing, that whole, I guess, like sequence of things that were going on, it just. I, I don't know, like there has to be that consistency there that I'm not seeing because I don't know what 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 the whole thing is like what is going on with that? because with Vegas, like when you when you crunch down the numbers and you mentioned that they've had so many of these advantages, it was something that it it had the eye test of what we had. But then when you were mentioning with Craig Simpson and then you also go onto Twitter and you see literally everybody who is a TSN personnel say the same thing about the rule book, especially Ray Ferraro and Gordon Miller. It's a huge problem, I think.
1: I agree. And, you know, hey, Shea Weber gets ran from behind. That's not the call. But when he goes back after the guy, then they both go off. Or how about this? A difference. This is how you can tell the ref in the, the officiating is different. End of game two, Edmondson gets bored by William Carlson. No call. Joel Armia avoids hitting the numbers on the Vegas player, gets boarding the next game. Different referees. It's right there. It's right yeah. there. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's listen, I'm not going to. Try and sit here and say, officiating already is the only reason Montreal lost last night. Um, if you really look at it, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, after that loss, I was, I, was I didn't want to talk to anyone. Um, game three was very much, Montreal should not have won the game. And I think game four, Vegas, high danger scoring chances at the point were 18-1 to 1 for Montreal. They were running their show. So I'm not going to say that was the main reason. However, you can also say in game three, it's very difficult for a team to get their game going when they're getting no calls. And and it's just they're consistently going to the penalty kill. And thankfully, Montreal's penalty kill has been amazing in the playoffs. I think it's over 90% now, and they've killed like their last 23. It's been great defensive play, but I just don't get, get as a player. And apparently Weber and Edmondson had talked to the officials. And those are not just guys that are, have been around for a cup of tea. These are guys who have been around the league forever. And you hear about like, oh, the vets get this and that. If the captain of the Montreal Canadiens can't get a fair shake of what's going on here, this isn't the players crossing the line. This, this is 100% on the officials. I can't see it any other way. It's it's so frustrating.
0: No, I think, I, I, I think you're right. Um, and one thing for, for me, at least, that – that popped out um, was that I think there was so many, like there was a lot more people who were on like the side of what on earth is going on? Like how, how does this happen? And to me that sends that should send a message to the NHL and say like, wait a second here. Like there is a good chunk of the fan base who are a good chunk of like the league's fan base who is watching this game and saying, "Uh, you guys don't know how like this this refereeing is abysmal." Like, and, and it goes back to the point, and we've had this discussion countless times. What is the rule? Like, what are the rules? Uh, mm-hmm. We no one seems to know, and it's now leaking to the to the fans, and that's just. It's not a great sign.
2: I think one thing um, I agree with you, Alex, with the whole thing where it's just like what for me is what is the benchmark in all of this? I remember Kevin BX mentioned if Nick Suzuki is that that uh, benchmark of getting that hooking call, then what what about all the other play? What about all the other calls? Like if you're going to make that the benchmark, then at least make it consistent. Make sure that, you know, each side is balanced. But what we saw throughout the game, it wasn't the case.
1: I, by the way, I I hate to pick on Sportsnet of all places, but there's been two separate times when Elliot Freeman has started talking about questioning officiating and Ron McLean has interrupted him and shut it down where he's been like, okay, anyone else on the panel, put your hand like a teacher. I've not liked it at all. And I mean, let's not forget Ron McLean was an official and they look out for each other. It's just, and not to mention like, Listen, you know what's bad when, like, the players' wives are starting to say, like, Jeff Petrie's what I think, it's always, it's Julie or Julie, I always forget. They weren't out, went out and started saying something because the players can't, Jeff, so not Jeff Petrie, Corey Perry afterwards, he was asked about the officiating and he, he said, I can't say anything. Because then they get fined. Like, they can't speak their mind. They can't criticize. Otherwise, they're going to get fined or even worse. Or, like, remember when when Dennis Weidman brained a referee? Oh, it wasn't. Yeah. No, he didn't brain him. He, he checked him from behind. Checked him from behind and ended his refing career, right? Yeah. And after that, now I don't think Weidman ever saw NHL ice again, which is fair. Like You don't do that to an official. But after that, the Flames or constantly like the most penalized team in the league. If you remember that is, that is game management. That is the refs should never have never ever be the, the reason the game changes. That's not their place. But I I think that, that that's the thing is,
0: is I think no matter what they do, they are influencing the game. And I think that's something when everyone has that discussion is completely not looking at because no one's they're not calling it by the rule book because the rule book is subjective like that that's the thing it's like if they don't call the penalties well now you're influencing the game in one way and if they do call penalties they're influencing it another way in my opinion they should be calling the penalties as the rule book states and i think right now the rule book I've, i've said it before the rule book is not great because it is extremely subjective
2: it's a floating concept. We don't really know if it exists or not.
1: If you're gonna, was it, was it to know who Luke Tuck like flipped over? If that's not a penalty, but the Suzuki hook is, I think we need to start having a real hard look at the rule book. Real hard one. Real, real detailed look at it. Beside that, we should probably look at the games themselves. Um, There's a lot to go through. First off, guys, I don't know about you, but nothing freaks me out more than bloodshot eyes. And Jeff Petrie has looked like the Terminator.
2: I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't, it it was really difficult for me to look at him on TV for it. I know he was okay, but it just, it really creeped me out.
1: No, it's him. Whenever they showed him, I I looked away. It was, it freaks me out. I just, the worst thing is how, like, it doesn't affect what's good, it doesn't affect his vision. Like, cause if I've always imagined, if you had, like had that in your idol, like it would just be you would see everything, but there would be like a red filter.
0: It'd be red mist.
1: It's like Dar- what Darth Vader sees, like how those <laughs> yeah, things yeah. are. He's like he looks at Chandler Stevenson, and it's like, all right, you know, strength of this injury twenty five percent. Okay, I need to. I need a second here. Yeah, go ahead. The Leafs won three straight without Tavares. Mm-hmm. Mark Shifley took himself out, and the Jets' core can't play defense. If Chandler – I'm going to get this Mark, this uh, Andrew Berkshire tweet out here because this is really, really funny. And everyone has been talking about everything that's gone out Montreal's way and not what's gone against them. So this is from Andrew Berkshire, who is a Habs fan, or he says he isn't, but whos extremely critical of everything Van does, and I think fair. So he quote tweets Dookie Dimes09s, who said, would like to see a full series with Stevenson in. Obviously, Vegas is top-line center, who's out? Andrew Berkshire says, I'd like to see a series with Gallagher, Weber, Petrie with two functioning hands each or Druin playing. If your excuse is that Chandler Stevenson isn't in, you need to reevaluate. Now, if Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone can't get going because they don't have Chandler Stevenson, then I have no sympathy for you. It's not Montreal's fault that Mark Shifley took himself out the game. It is not Montreal's fault either that one of their most offensively gifted talents are not playing right now. No one's mentioned Jonathan Duran or that their coach has COVID and is not around right now, but no one's going to mention that. It is such a joke, the double standard around the Montreal Canadiens. And the worst part is they are playing right there with the Golden Knights right now. Right there. It is like, Yeah, it is like it's been, it's been an even series. Like there's no question about that. It's been a completely even series, regardless of the refs, like Montreal killed off all the power plays they needed to. Paul Byron, my God, another great show-handed goal. Highlight reel. He's like Alex Ovechkin, Will Baldwin, was telling me on those, those breakaways. <laughs> I can't. Um, but, like, Dude. guys, like Chandler Stevenson? Yeah, Come
0: I, on. I agree with the point. Sorry. I agree with the point you're making. But I think the reality is he's their first-line center, and I think taking out any team's first-line center th- – Does and and I'm not excusing Patcharadee and Stone. That's not what I'm trying to do. But like, I, I do think taking out a team's first line center through injury through whatever does affect their game because you're now moving you're moving guys up who haven't been there before per se or just in general you are getting rid of an important player clearly in the eyes of the coach that's the argument I make but i agree yeah, yeah. With the, the i agree mm-hmm. with the points that you're making
1: then there needs to be there needs to be a look at kelly McCrimmon. because who, who was playing they moved up luke tuck alex tuck
0: alex okay. tuck yeah, sorry no
1: luke's <laughs> the prospect it.
0: Yeah.
1: so they move up tuck or it's yeah. Keegan colasar who i hadn't heard of till this year or thomas nosek
2: and yeah, by do. the way,
1: um, we should say by the way, like well wishes to Dom Ducharme and Kelly McCrimmon, who yes. have both tested positive for COVID. Um sorry, you guys were saying, yeah.
0: No, you 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 were saying you were Oh
1: yeah. I'm so uh, heated.
2: No worries. Um, <laughs> I agree. I think it's just the one thing is that when people don't like that argument, that Montreal just knows how to adjust and they know how to adapt, and we saw that with the Leafs when. You it went to three one and we saw what happened after and then we see with the Golden Knights we see game one and then a lot of people like this is what we're gonna expect you're gonna see a juggernaut against a team that you know just surprised us but it hasn't been the case that Montreal has been able to again adapt and play their game and keep Vegas towards really like not not getting anything that they want like not showing that kind of dominance that they had where I really believe that. The Wild had that as well, but then they let they let a uh, Vegas get to their game in Game Seven when it was six two. But that's what I like about Montreal right now is that every game they've been able to do that. And I understand the whole Chandler Stevenson argument with things. I remember Dom Lechison, where his article was that a lot of people say you know yeah Chandler Stevenson, but if you look at the advanced numbers, you look at the production, you look at the expected goals and everything, he did play slightly better than a Paul Stasny who was healthy when he was the first line center. But again, it's, it's another thing. It's just Montreal's adapting too. I I'm nervous. Every time I see Shea Weber get checked, I'm really nervous. Every time I see him like, look at his hand, like that's happened, like at least twice every game.
1: I don't think a tougher player has existed than Shea Weber. Like, I can only imagine how much pain that guy's in right now. But, man, he's soldiering on. Like, it's it's such a, like when a pair worth of defensemen can't shoot, you're like, man, this is tough. Um, but you know you know what? It, it's interesting because, obviously, every, throughout the games, I'm talking to Will Baldwin, we've had on the show before. And he told me when, um, when Vegas had moved on, he's like, Minnesota had – the game plan. They had the outline. That's the game you, you follow. Um, just, I want to just throw out a quick through tidbits here to sort of wrap up the, the series. Um, the Habs PK juggernauts, the Mark Andre Fleury. Oopsie in game three led to him losing the net for game four for Robin Leonard, who credit to him. Really good, really good performance. I love how before they get after the game, he's like, yes, yeah, so I went on Twitter and saw you guys talking smack about me to get ready.
2: It goes I said, I know, the thing about him, like he goes against the grain of what people expect of Swedish players.
1: Or, yes. Or yeah. hockey players
0: in general. Yeah, yeah. Just talk players. Do, do you guys agree with that decision to go with Fletter?
1: You see, I do because historically Marc-Andre Fleury gets a team halfway through to the cup. He then loses, and then after one bad game, and they win.
2: Unless it's two thousand and nine, unless it's two thousand and nine, he was <laughs> great in two thousand nine.
1: It's just how it
0: works, man. I know. no, that, that's that's fair. Them. I mean, no, time. I know there are. Tandem, okay, so I th-
2: at, th- at the beginning, I you know, with me, I always go for flurry. Yeah, but I admit, Robert Leonard and I think Elliot Freeman also commented on it, where this guy is coming in cold after what two months? Right. And cool. that's the thing. Like he did so well. Like, and it's it's hard for me to say. Like. You you don't you don't change anything. You go with the momentum you have now. You go with Robin Leonard, who has something to prove. And I guess that yeah, you know, it's 2016 all over again.
1: There's a reason they're paying that much for goaltending. Uh,
0: yeah, this is his second game in the playoffs. Uh, the first time he uh, killed, he shelled uh, seven goals against.
1: Yeah that was not a great yeti no man colorado i still can't believe the way that series won um last thing oh turn your ringer off adam god dang it i still remember the last time or no it was over the summer and i had my ringer off and i think i said shut up mike i turned my phone off and then i looked and i saw we got jake allen it was like damn <laughs> made one of the best <laughs> moments of this show's history and now
0: now you've kept your ringer on ever since
1: I'm um, hoping that's it's like, oh, they got I I can't wait until <laughs> the offseason that we're going to be ding, 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 ding. recording and then it's just breaking news. By the way, um, oh, yeah, we have to have that. Um, by the way, Mark Stone makes like, what, $9.5 million? Yes, sir. Backpatch already seven. Didn't like his contract he was going to get from the Kings, so he nixed that trade so he can go to Vegas. I'm just saying, like, at some point – the stars got to show up where we've criticized those big game players for not performing. It's time for the golden Knights, big guys. Their forwards have been garbage. They haven't scored any forwards. If they, if, if golden, if, if the golden Knights didn't have Alex Petrangelo, the series might be over already.
2: Are you saying that there were a few bad gambles there for Vegas?
1: Man, I I've been so sick of all the Vegas puns. This entire series (laughs) It, It sickens me. Sickens me to no end. Okay, one more thing I want to mention, and we can move on from Minnesota, Minnesota, Montreal, and uh, and Vegas. So, we joked when Mike was on the show about the video of Mark Bergevin walking around and playing with the camera hole, and it was like a suction cup type of thing, right? And he was on the phone with someone. It's a two minute video. I noticed during watching Game Three that. And I swear this is different because, you know, I, I think I know the layout of the bell sign, right? All of a sudden, rewatching it, there was a, a play when they zoom into the board, and it looks like it's a sliding door over the camera hole. A photographer opens it, then puts his camera through. So I am convinced, convinced that he changed it, that they called the staff and were like, listen, we got to change this because of the Jeff Petrie injury. I'm convinced it would happen.
2: There some gruesome injuries. I remember Daryl Boyce when he was on the Leafs. He cut his entire nose open on like the uh, camera hole.
1: They're dangerous, man. You're going that speed, and then like you just get caught on. Imagine McDavid's coming around the boards, and like, like his stick gets stuck in there, and he just sort of like, um, I don't know, what what whiplashes or something. Uh,
2: I thought you were gonna say he um, when he's playing against Montreal he, for some reason checks one of them into into.
1: Does <laughs> McDavid throw a hit?
2: Only against Montreal.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He
0: only only throws elbows.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. That's a good one, man. I Call the rule book. Um, Anyway. Let's talk about the Islanders in Tampa Bay. They play game five tonight. They're replaying game four right now. And there's five minutes. Oh, four minutes left. I'm guessing they do the NHL in 30. My Lord. That I... So... I was watching the game, obviously, and I was kind of waiting for it to finish so I could go over to the, um, the Bucks knicks game. It's game seven. out of boy, Giannis. What? Good to see you. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: because the change. Islanders are boring. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know what's really funny? I saw there was a minute left in the basketball game. There was seven left in the NHL game. The Islanders game finished, and there was still a minute left in the NBA game. And I texted Will, and I said, why are there so many goddamn timeouts in this game? It's terrible. Anyway, it builds tension. An inch more, and that game was over on that three-pointer, What should have been a three-pointer from KD. Anyway, and I'm watching, and I see Ryan McDonough fakes out, I forget who the defenseman was, with this wicked spinorama. He fakes Varlamov by Tard, and Ryan Pulak with the best clutch player save I've ever seen. I've never been so hyped for a save in my life that wasn't Carey Bryce. What a defensive (laughs) sacrilege play by Ryan Pulak.
2: It was crazy. Um, The only thing is, like, I thought on the Islander side, it was great. But I think for the Lightning, it was a bit deflating because they got that last second, like, one of those last second chances. But it's, again, it was like game one. It's just you guys woke up so late to get your offense going.
1: That's a serious changing moment. It is. It's like um. It's like the the finals, Vegas, Washington. It's the flurry save on Tuck. It's Bennington stretching his leg out in Game Seven at the end of the first period against the Bruins. Fun fact for those of you who don't know, I told the lads this: when Shirelli was hired by the Oilers, they had to give um Boston compensation. I think it was a second rounder, and it, cha- it turned into Jack Stadnica. Saw that the other day, and I thought it was pretty funny. Our boy. Um, the yeah, you no. Always want to trade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but who's the new one? Who's the
2: new guy again that we have that Alan, oh. Alan, Adam wants to trade? Is it from Boston? No, it's like a new player who's always in like trade discussions. Now I'm like, what he's the new Stadnika.
0: I know oh who you're talking gosh. about. It's on the tip of my
2: tongue.
1: What What team is this?
2: It's like a young guy.
1: Any idea what, what division, what conference, <laughs> what state? I have I okay. If we
2: that. um, when, when it, catches, it gets to me, I don't know, Keith, I don't know, think about okay. it. Okay, um, oh, Samuel Poulin,
1: yes, yeah, there you go, Sam, yeah, there because go. he's go. the only Pittsburgh Penguin prospect left. That is and true, he's, and he's French, so he'll always be linked to Montreal, exactly anyway though looking at the islanders um you talked about waking up too late i thought it was more a thing of i think the islanders had a master class especially in the third um those first 10 minutes tampa weren't getting anything like anything it yeah.
2: was it was that thing again where it's just the islanders is just that suffocating type of game they play that honestly the for me, that I know, it is tied. It just, it just kind of goes to show because they're playing so well, the Islanders. They're playing their system so well that Tampa is just—they're getting stopped, but they're keeping it close. So it was just the kind of thing where just I—it's like again, it's coming in waves for the for the Lightning, but it's just the Islanders like they're like holding on, and then they know when they are going to have their own offensive attacks.
1: Just wait for Josh Bailey to score. Yeah. He's pretty good. That's also another series when there's just been some garbage makeup calls every other game.
0: Welcome to the NHL.
1: Yeah. Like stop making (laughs) yourself a headline at this point. Really?
0: What a mess. I I think. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. No, I was just going to say like, I I think this has been an, an interesting series because I think both teams, they're learning to, not they're learning. They have learned to play against each other in the past and I think that's showing in different ways. And I think Tampa is learning to adapt to, or he has learned, sorry, to adapt to that style. And with the additions that New York has made, it's helped them in scoring. Like, I, again, I say it again. Say what you want about Kyle Palmieri in the regular season. But I've heard more about Kyle Palmieri in the playoffs like than in the regular season. So I think he's doing his job.
2: He proved me wrong. I thought that was like a subpar acquisition at the time that it, it wasn't going to fit. And then suddenly he's rediscovered his scoring touch. And then Travis Sajak has suddenly become 2006 Travis Sajak again in terms of being a shutdown center.
1: You talk about how in Vegas the forwards can't score. In this series, it's the defensemen. It took until, I think it was game three, for Hedman to get on the board. I think Ruta scored in that game. Like, nothing from Sergeyev. McDonough gets blanked at the end of game four. They need to wake up, man. Like, it's, you're never going to Like count out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, they're, they're bringing the defending champions. It will help being back at home because, man, Nassau is just wicked to play in.
0: Isn't that the scary part, though, that their defensemen aren't showing up offensively, per- like,
1: and they're still there? It's this close. I mean, I, but then, yeah, because I think, like, with for their reputation, yes, though, at some point, like. You get to the it's the third round, right? Like yeah. at some point you want them. It's like and Hedman's hurt, obviously.
0: He's been hurt since March. Yeah. Like, yes, does it doesn't look like, like it sometimes.
1: Like honestly, it's if you look at like every one of these series, it's like okay, like the top defenseman for every other team is just playing on with two limbs working. <laughs> right. It's been insane. Um, I I can't wait to hear about some of the injuries. Like how, how that, like all these teams are going to be missing their key players to certain so series. You know,
0: the question is, will Headman be put on LTIR?
1: Matt, uh, I saw the injured list of guys that are exempt from being protected in Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was bringing I was that like, up. that was, again, reminded that, um, that, that Marion Gabryk is a member of the team <laughs> yeah. for the Lightning. But what's really interesting is you look at Chicago and you're like, okay, so they still have the Seabrook deal, but yeah. now Andrew Shaw's contract. So since you bring that up, Alex, maybe Hedman will be, all, I doubt it, because Hedman, right? Um, like, you can lose Kucherov. You can't lose Hedman. However... That's a good point there is there are contracts out there where Tampa could be like you know what we could use that.
2: Marion oh Hosa on the Coyotes that was the one that's still crazy like that was still crazy to me that. Just go check uh, Ottawa's
1: roster.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ottawa's they'll, um, give, they'll give you assets to take their crappy contract. Alex Steen, St. Louis still
1: the Dotsuit to Arizona one, I think, is like my earliest hockey fan memory of just <laughs> a ridiculous salary yeah. dump trade. I remember that got really criticized at the time.
2: You know, what's was mine when Sam Gagne was traded like twice within an hour. Yes. Do you remember that? He was, was traded. It Sam Gagne? It was Sam Gagne for like Teddy Purcell. And then they traded like Gagne like an hour ago and then like people are joking because they're like the Sam Gagne era and the lightning has ended
1: it's like when Hoffman got dealt from San Jose yeah it's like thank you we'll miss you so much mm, alright um, and then I'll ask you since the pre-show is about to start I'm not watching it Ugh. I'm on Alex's page here I'm just not going to watch pre-shows anymore question who's going to win game five will Tampa the cup champions take a step forward or are we going back to the Coliseum for a potential game six finish and be the reverse of what happened last year in the playoffs.
0: Um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay winning three to two.
1: Okay. Daniel.
0: Uh, before I go onto the lightning,
2: here's another, the here's the Sam Gagne to confirm. So oh, yeah. he was traded for Teddy Purcell on it's... June 29th, 2014, but he only spent an hour with them before being traded to Arizona with BJ Crombie in exchange for a 6th round pick in 2015.
1: What is that gentleman's name?
2: BJ Crombie.
1: That I'm going to believe you because you're my friend yeah. that that's a real person? <laughs> no, That's a real guy. It is, <laughs> um, it is. We we got a We got a Oh my lord. Who wears 44 besides that guy Morgan And Riley. like Morgan Riley and Joel Edmondson. <laughs> Never mind, Oh, lot of the 44s. But, Caulfield um, and Junior. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So for my prediction, I'll now.
2: say 4-1 Tampa, but one of them's an empty netter.
1: Since both of you said Tampa, I'll say the Islanders win. 5-3. to three. We're having wow. a real barn burner <laughs> okay, tonight.
0: Okay, Real barn
1: burner. Of, I mean, it's like 8-6. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and the game winner will go to... Noah Dobson I don't even mm. know If he's playing tonight However I, he is. I like Noah Dobson a lot
2: We love Noah Dobson
1: Former I think he was a Mem Cup winner With the Bathurst The Teton He the was
2: Memphis the guy World Remember Day. in the Real Juniors His stick broke And then Finland went on A fast break Yes Fast <sighs> break yeah, I'm using basketball. Bas- words. I was gonna say, isn't that a basketball <laughs> on a breakaway? Thing? Sorry,
1: is <laughs> that the same year where like the states Let up two goals in, like the last minute for Finland to win?
2: Yeah, it was like Jake Ottinger in net?
1: Maybe I don't know. Well, I think it may have been Primo. Was it Primo? It was one of them. Guy, remember Caden Primo being in net for the States for something pretty bad
2: because Michael DiPietro was Canada with yeah. Leafs legend Ian Scott.
1: Yeah, and that was a. That was a team. That that's I feel bad for that team looking that's back a bad at them. Team, yeah. I was like going no, I was gonna say they're a bad team. I'm just all saying done. they get they got a lot of crap, is all I'm gonna say. They got a lot of crap.
2: Corey Perry's son was the captain of the World Junior team. Corey Perry's Maxime son Comptois. was
1: not okay. Honestly, first off, I know you're having a joke about Maxime Comtois. Yeah. So it was it was Father's Day yesterday, obviously. And so like all the families were at the game for the Habs, and there was like a go dad sign, and they show Cory Perry's son. And I have never seen a more adorable child in my life. I felt horrible that they lost for him. That and Madame Beliveau was at the game. You can't lose for Madame Beliveau being there. God damn it! And like, oh, his son looks so sad. And And the beginning of the game, but he he knew it was happening. No, he saw his dad just getting like beaten up, and there were no calls. He knew it was going to happen. That like, what a cute kid that like just didn't deserve what happened last night. God. Extend Corey Perry, by the way, love it.
2: How many years? Um, all of them. All of them. <laughs> I
1: don't care. Like, just if I'm gonna be legitimately sad if Corey Perry is not a have next year, I've I love really come to love that guy. What okay, here's my different? prediction. Okay,
2: he's gonna play like a few more years in Montreal. Yep. Then sign a one day contract with the Ducks to retire.
1: And then he'll, he'll Then he'll play, go play. There'll be a video of him playing golf. He'll throw his clubs in the water and see. I'm going back for another year.
2: Yeah. Oh, I thought you say like he's gonna join the Hunter Brothers and help with the management in the London Knights.
1: Anyway, um, again, I had a transition set up, so I'll, I'll I'll say it again. One of Mark Bergevin's better moves in the offseason. They were at a lot of good moves, which is why you think that he'd probably be GM of the year. However, the regular season happened. And then you think, okay, maybe not. And then you see the GM of the year finalists come out and you remember, oh, wait, they do it at the end of the second round of voting. And we have the GM of the year finalists, the Jim Gregory award. Bill Zito of the Florida Panthers. It's weird. The first round exit and he still got it. Uh, Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders currently in the second round. And I'm pretty sure this is the third time he's been a finalist. (laughs) Mark Bergevin, baby. I, just, I don't want to brag or anything, but at the beginning of the season, I did say he would win it. I just
2: I think it's through of the off season. Remember,
1: an eighteenth place team, and he's gonna win it
2: because they were the champions
1: of the off season for us. Like it's like sure. this is the discussion, right? Um, I legitimately think if, if you look at if you look at what he did to improve Montreal. And all every piece he brought in and how good they, every single one of his moves worked out. Maybe not leak because he hasn't played. And you, did you guys remember he, he was a thing until I just mentioned him? I forgot he was a thing until he popped into my mind a few seconds. Like every move worked in the right. playoffs. Well, and, and and Allen were great during the regular season. Josh Anderson's been great. All that kind of stuff, right? However, at the end of the day, I think what justifies Bergevin's place here, we can talk about Zito and Lamorello, and we can talk about the snubs in a second here, is the result. Is those moves have worked out. He shouldn't be a finalist because they were 18th place and he had to fire a co- coaches. And in one of those firings, he admitted that he was about to get fired if Price wasn't better. Right. But I can justify him being here.
0: Yeah, I think it could be justified based on the position they're currently in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, right. Like that. That's what I mean. It's, uh, I don't know. It's odd that they're voted on after the second round, but I mean, that it's just, it's the way it works. So I am going to, like, I'm not going to say he doesn't mm-hmm. deserve it. Like, they, he does. Like, you're, everything you said, did we not, we crowned them champions of the offseason in our, when Mike was on and we did that. That uh, what was it called? That chart, whatever it was. It was a tier list. Tier list. Thank you. A Chris right. Tier Need list. Okay, yeah, that. Uh, so, like, I think he's justified to be there. So is Lou, and I mean, Bill Zito's the odd one because he lost in the first round. But I think you can, I think you can justify that because if you looked at the team he inherited uh, versus the team that was on the ice. It was very different, and it it was a huge step forward.
1: We didn't know what your team would be, but they were good. Yeah. Right. It's, like, it's almost can, like Coach of the Year.
0: Can I just – sorry, go you, ahead. No, no, no. Oh, no, no I, no, I
2: was just ahead. hit Billy Zito that – you know, I, I could see that there was a bit of merit there because the Panthers were a joke last year. <laughs> right. Sergey Brodsky, we <laughs> – always talked about that contract and then we said that yeah you had you know jonathan Huberdo you had alexander barkov and then and and who else in terms of who was going to score for you like frank vertrano and um brett conley and i think that the biggest thing was he he was able to find cheap depth and like what will christoph said like these guys played beyond their beyond what they were being paid so and he he did balance out the goalie situation a bit. Like, I think that they pivoted pretty well without Aaron Ekblad. So, like, I, I could see him there. Um, Mark Bergevin, again, like, I think that he, he deserves to be there because he didn't relent. I think last year everyone said, you got lucky because of the playing round. This is not going to happen again. But then he was like, just watch me. And he was able He's to kind of supplement the entire lineup. He wasn't going to sell off anything. And that's what I think has been good about, and we could look at the cap hit. We could talk about that, but you know, he didn't give a whole lot for Jake Allen and Joel Edmondson. And I think that those have been excellent. Um, In terms of Lula Morello, I'm just going to say it now because we, we we might mention it later, but I just don't like that whole thing about what the Leafs could have had. And I don't believe that at all. I think Cal Dubas, his first year took the time to kind of really correct a lot of the contracts that Lou brought in and He's done a fantastic job. We're gonna bring in the William Nylander thing again. That's that's. I think now you know that it's getting kind of old for me because I'm, he's playing I'm, well da- beyond Daniel, his
1: mind. I'm, I'm just I'm gonna stop you there because yeah, just because and not not because of the off track thing. Yeah, yeah. If they beat Tampa, mm-hmm. or if they win the Cup, I know we're gonna have this discussion. Yeah, because it's yeah. already started to permeate. I yeah. saw this video. It's like moves that backfire, and it's like Tavares left and then it's like barzell ended the play it's like because i know that this this is going to be a storyline very Mm -hmm. very quickly okay so i'm just going to say just pause because i know it's going to happen i'm sure we'll
0: dedicate 45 minutes
1: God, can't wait anyway (laughs) so so this no no no, 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 no. so (laughs) the snubs however yeah the guy who should win this award and we set this last episode with mike (laughs) yeah the GM of the year is Julien Briezuel. <laughs> yeah. So let's just let's just quickly. Um, I'm gonna get up cap friendly for a second here.
0: Uh, oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. They're so, all. Yeah. Go, go I'm ahead. not gonna
1: I'm not gonna even mention. I'm not I'm not gonna say the cap hit of the overall team. But so let's just take a second here. I'm gonna point out why he he should be. So let's just look at David Savard for a second. Okay. So David Savard, his cap hit. For some reason, is oh, because it rolled over the next oh, year. Oh, I can't oh. see it. No, he got him for about a million dollars at the deadline. Right. Remember, everyone was like, Yeah, the Jets are gonna swoop in," and then Tampa just yeah. robbed them. The Cernak deal, getting him done. Sorelli, he got done. Sergeyev, he got done. He is the smartest GM in this league. There's just no like the way he didn't just do cap gymnastics. He did things to the cap that he should go to jail for.
0: <laughs> how many, how many times in the summer did we say there's no way he's gonna be able to sign all three of them without giving up he's assets?
1: Getting away with it. <laughs> at least
0: once a week. Like at least once a week we had that discussion. And the fact that he didn't lose a single, like had to trade a single piece.
1: We check he's, his tactics I mean, he traded
2: Braden Colburn long time uh lightning.
1: Alex Volkov. <laughs> like yeah. it's like, who cares what they got rid of? They're, and they still have they still have good prospects. It's like, oh great, here's Matthew, here's Ross Colt, never heard of him. No, but he's been great. It's so it's dumb. Like, like Sakik, how great like Devontae, like the team he assembled this year, nothing for Brandon Saad. Like Zadorov, who yeah. cares? Two seconds is nothing for them. For Devin Taves, Devon Taves, everyone says it differently. Like, oh, like, oh, like come on, lads. We're not going to add
2: Bill Guerin in this conversation.
1: <laughs> okay, so make a case for Bill Guerin. I think that's fair, but I just I don't know if he's quite. I don't think he, he did the equivalent of tax fraud on the salary cap. Okay. Dan, yeah, Daniel, I mean. Daniel, you know what
0: he is? You know what he is? He's an well, honorable mention.
2: The honorable mention.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, poetry there. Again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? He could lose that title if, and here's the transition, he loses Kareel Oh. So, Kevin Weeks of the NHL Network, the guy who, for some reason, is, is always in talks to be a GM for some reason. Quote, as of now, talks with likely Rookie of the Year Kaprizov and Minnesota Wild have gone cold. My understanding is he's in Moscow, and it's believed... See... everything okay? I just dropped a holder with all my pens and pencils on the floor.
2: Oh. Okay, they gotta freak me out, that sound.
1: Anyway... Uh, he's in Russia, Moscow, and it's believed that CSKA is interested signing him for the KHL and the Olympics. Um, then, uh, god damn it, that is I'm okay. And then the best reporter in hockey, Michael Russo. I had to get up the the article again because I almost called him Justin again. This is not Wizards of Way really plays had a really good article, uh, basically saying. This is leverage. This is because um, Kaprizov is, as how he puts it in the article, a free agent that cannot talk to other NHL teams. Uh, apparently, he's in Russia for a friend's wedding, and he his agent let the Wild know. So Kevin Weeks was a bit of a bit jumping the gun here, but this is very much a play by the by the Kaprizov camp. Now, um, apparently, the Wild are looking to give him a contract that as Justin Root, not Justin, no, that's not. I'm so shaken up since I just this. Michael Russo um, puts it that they want to give him a long-term deal that would make him the highest paid Minnesota Wild of all time. That says something about the suitor deals, does it not? However, (laughs) the Kaprizov camp is looking for a short-term deal, about two years. Um, Hello, Artemi Panarin and and that um, comparable. Uh, You guys discuss quickly because I'm just going to go make sure – that everything is good there. And a pen didn't explode over my walls in case because they're white. So I will be back uh, in two seconds.
0: Okay. Daniel, would you, as the resident Minnesota wild <laughs> insider slash expert, why don't you go first? Again? Like
2: this was the complications that came from before Chuck Fletcher, Paul Fenton. They are the past GMs that they failed to get off here because they didn't know how that entry level thing was going to go. And I think Bill Guerin, knew that he needed to bring the guy in. He was getting a lot older. Um, He was 24 now. And again, I think that it was that compromise he had to do. They did the two years on it and they had to burn last year's. And now what they're thinking of is, I think that they did a perfect thing for it, that they sold to him that you could be the best player on the team. We could build a successful team around you and we want you to be our guy. And I think that again, this is so early on right now that it's all speculation that I think like, it's just a smart thing to do for Kaprizov that he could have that leverage. Now he could have that, that other side where it's just going to be like, yeah, we, if I don't like what's here, then this was going to happen. And this is something again, that I've said before so many times, the Russian factor with things that this is going to happen. But my understanding though, is Kaprizov for so long, even when he was drafted, this is like, based on other reports that Russo's had, that this is a guy that his mind is on wanting to play in the NHL, that he's always wanted to stay there. He wanted to be in the best league of it all. And I think that the only exception of what people saw the last few years is that NHLers were not going to the Olympics. That was the biggest thing for him. And as a young guy, he signed the long-term contract with his KHL team. I forgot the name for it because they got relegated to the VHL because they lost a bit of money. But um, yeah, that was like just one thing that he wanted to play for the Olympics. But I don't think that's the case this time that he could have both of them. He could have the NHL. He could play for, I think it's still going to be the Olympic athletes of Russia, from Russia. So yeah. Yeah. So he still has both of those opportunities. I think that it's just weird because he can't get traded. He can't go to arbitration and he's just kind of left there. So I think that, this leverage thing is just for him to have that, I guess, added sense of control of being a restricted free agent.
0: I really, yeah. Like I, I I think this is more just a negotiation tactic than anything to me, at least. And I think trying to see what happened, what Bill Guerin's reaction is to all this. And if you're a good GM, you don't like, you shouldn't react heavily uh to this because I, I think he's done so he has there's so much promise of him in Minnesota and what they're building there that for him to leave it would be devastating to the franchise but it's like just from his perspective look at what you did in one year and the how not, you didn't completely change the reputation but you've altered the reputation of the Minnesota Wild and We've all talked about how boring they've been the last how many years because they've been that mid-tier, we-don't-know-what-you-are team. But now, with you on that team, it is a fun, interesting team to watch.
1: By the way, uh, people that say the you – know, I saw people talking about how can he go back to Russia? The salary cap in, in the KHL.
0: There's a salary cap? He, he'd
1: be going to Moscow. yeah. And it's the KHL, right? <laughs> if you have any idea about how it works there? The salary cap isn't real, especially for the rich teams. Um, Saint Petersburg's the big one there. Um, yeah, I have a feeling like it's going to get done. Like the marketability for that guy, like what you lose in Kaprizov is so much different than any other star there. And I mean, hey. Shout out to him. He's losing whatever leverage he has. So he's using, not losing. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and, but you know, the thing is, he doesn't have much to begin with because of things you guys um, like talked about there. Um, sorry if I repeated any of what you guys said when I was doing that. No damages, thankfully. Thankfully, um, good. Yeah. The 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 beholder actually, when it fell, landed like standing up. So that was pretty dope. Sasha Barkov is the winner of the selfie trophy this year. The first time he's ever won the award, and the voting was uh, a landslide. Probably the, the, like, I think it was the widest margin of first-place votes that has ever been done for the Selkie. For those of you who don't know, um, it's not just you just vote for the Selkie. There is a ballot list. I think it's up to five players. Um, Shout-out to Mitch Miner being up there. He was all right. Uh, Phil Deneau was up there. That was sick. Bergeron was up there. Mark Stone still does not win a selfie trophy. Sasha Barakoff, great guy, good player, deserves it a little t- few years too late, though. Right. Well, he's still good, but you know what I mean? Like, he should yeah. have a few more by now. See what Mark Stone, but I think how much
0: just a, a thought here how much do you think this had to do with the success of the Panthers? this year, because I don't think per se Barkov was, uh, he was very good defensively. Like that's just the norm in terms of how he plays, but how much do you think it has to do with that? The Panthers were more successful. He,
1: he plays at his normal level. It's just, there's actual spotlight. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Probably
1: that's the reason Um, (laughs) if Alex Baumgartner listens, he'll probably be very upset with us saying that, but it's like, again, He's one of the best players in the league, period. Right, yeah. Honestly, like, where Bergeron in is his career and injury-wise. He's still great, but probably the most complete player in the league, ignoring the NHL player polls because they're always out of date. Um, like, player-wises are so weird. Um, he is probably the best all-around player in the NHL. He really is, so.
2: I think so. Yeah. I think I chose him. Like, I think this was my prediction.
1: And he was I just, gonna win the selkie.
2: I, I like okay, that, but I think like I also put him really like high up there. I said heart trophy as well. So I think you did actually. I yeah. think yeah. yeah, I did for my predictions. I looked back on them recently. So for me, I, I, it's for another thing. As as Mike like, does. I like that. I'm two for two right now when it comes to the selkie because I picked Sean Couturier last year. Yeah, you, you. did. And I don't know. It's just it's these guys that it's just. I think it's just time now for them to really show their value with things of being that all-around guy. And for Barkov, it's, it's again, it's it's going in with the whole thing with the, what the Panthers are. They're a bit on the come-up now where they have a functional system. They they have something to sell to him and Huberto to say, please sign long-term.
1: I'll take they win the division next year. Hedman will be hurt for a while. Um, something goes wrong with Tampa. They still, like, Win the cup because Tampa, um, uh, Boston or thingy, and I don't know, just a hot take. The Panthers win ha- the division.
0: We are gonna have to have a discussion on uh, Boston because, yeah, there's some interesting stuff that could go down there.
1: The Atlantic's gonna be a freaking it's gonna be the Wild West next year. Like, yeah. yeah, what's going on there?
0: Um, I keep forgetting with like, so
2: it's Charlie McAvoy, and then who's their number two defenseman
1: carlo or grizzly carlo or grizzly uh, yeah okay yeah. it's mostly grizzly because carlo unfortunately keeps getting hit from behind but maybe yeah. mike riley we we're not entirely no, sure. no my no, I'm oh
0: just, my. Jeff, no. I'm just. remember no. john moore i remember that is he still... still
1: there yeah he's just injured i think okay um rod the bob brindamore god it's been so long since we recorded i forgot this happened has re-signed three more years as the head coach in Carolina. It gets announced on the same day he wins Coach of the Year. Actually, it was pretty funny. Yes. Apparently, the reported number is like 1.8 million a year, which is wow, disgusting. Uh, who makes man. two million dollars in the league? I'm, I'm trying to find the value of this specific coach because what? Yeah. yeah, like so. Let's just think of who are some. What Claude Julien was around five was. Quinville was like six. Babcock was between like five something. So let's just go a two million. Leo Komarov makes more money this year than, um, than Rod Brindamore does. His cap hit is $3 million.
2: Oh, Dave Tippett, 2.75. He's
1: a good It Tippett. It. Tippett. It. What have the Oilers... Tippett, who got swept by the Jets... Tip it.
2: You know who the most expensive coach is right now?
1: Is it, it's got to be, it has to be Quinville, right?
2: Yeah, it is Um, yeah. 2.5.25. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: slightly more.
2: Yeah. Popular. Slightly more than the two two coaches making 5 million. So, Alan Vignon and Todd McLennan.
1: Todd McLennan?
2: What? Yeah, I think 5 million. According Cap Friendly.
1: How does he make that much money? What's funny is all the other two five Millions are all fired right now <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, Maybe it's a good call to not pay Coaches that much money. Rod the Bod though Sarah Sivian was yelling for months About he's staying and just you No know, one listened to her and I felt <laughs> Even Elliot mentioned on 31 Thoughts, like she was saying he was staying. None of us wanted to listen because everyone wanted him to leave because everyone wanted him as their <laughs> new <laughs> Literally, coach. literally.
0: And it seemed like he it was pretty much Carolina or, or I'm not coaching. That's what oh, it seemed.
1: I'm going to go play Frisbee somewhere. <laughs> right. I might off. just come
0: back and play Jacked.
1: hockey. I'm just, he's yeah, going to, he, he may leave, but he'll still like work out of the gym. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I, I
0: think gangster. it's, I think it's great that, that they brought him back. Like we had, I don't remember if it was two episodes ago or three episodes ago, we had the discussion about Carolina in terms of, you know, they've kind of stalled, I guess, in Uh playoff progression, but you look a few years ago in what Rod Brindamore started with and what they're at with now, I, I think is, is a huge improvement in general and I think keeping him on, the players seem to like him. Uh, he, the way that Carolina plays is entertaining and it seems to work. And like at this point, I think a lot of it is on your pl- the players should be showing up more mm-hmm. than the system or the coach or the general manager
2: yeah for me what i kind of feel that is that for all the criticism i've had about carolina where i said you know this was your year you don't know what's going to happen with dougie hamilton you're you're not going to know what's going to happen with the expansion draft and but at the same time i feel that there's so much unfinished business there that there was such a good thing going there that this is this team that i still am going to be hopeful for in terms of their trajectory and they're still going to be able to do something move moving on um they still have the young guys developing. They still have a lot of their forwards. I know Table Terra and missed a lot of time this year, but I, I believe he's gonna bounce back. I think that what Carolina is at right now and looking back on how long they were just a middle of a pack team during the Eric Stahl era following the cup, that you don't lose that. Yeah, you don't you don't lose that. You don't you don't just look to something else that And expect to have the same results. I think that there is the potential there for more growth. And it's great that Rod Brandenmore is still going to be heading that.
1: The Carolina Hurricanes failed Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl didn't fail the Carolina Hurricanes. I won't hear the slander against the centerman of the washing machine. No, no, no. He
2: was great. It's just the team they put around him. It wasn't.
1: Real captain. Like Jeff
2: Skinner was supposed to be like their next best guy.
1: He was good, man. People don't talk about how good he was. Or maybe he still is when he gets a real coach. And he's he's stuck in Buffalo, though. Yeah. He's stuck there. Okay, uh, finally, we'll wrap off with some stuff from NHL headlines on Saturday. Sportsnet, other boy, Elliot Friedman, good guy. Love him. Um, unfortunately, the stuff Chris Johnson mentioned, we can't really – it was just wasn't enough. Sorry. Chris, you got to step up your game, CJ, if you want to make the 201 podcast headline <laughs> segment. <laughs> Even though one thing that, that Friedman said is – and I hate that he didn't give us any names. He said – Apparently some teams are having interest in some of the Leafs' assistants. Now, I take that as probably Hex... Hex-Tall. Hex-Tall. Hey, not Hextall. It's because he's got that really weird name It's very much like, Hex, that, like Ron. He's been in a coach before, and at the yeah. same time, Manny Mulch young Coats, a lot of people have been interested in. Um, just give us some names, Elliot. <laughs> what are you doing? It,
0: it, do you want to talk about the that stuff or
1: yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah i i I think uh it, what happened with the power play is an absolute mystery to me um like evolution uh, like it was a it was a <laughs> absolute <laughs> <laughs> <That>
1: was solid. <laughs>
2: So, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have too many wrestling. I don't have too many wrestling references. Solid,
1: though. like would that have been a W W. Anyway, yeah, you know, God, no, power. Play. Sorry, that sorry. was yeah, really I, good, Dave. That was good. God, I'm sure yeah. good. Solid. Evolution stable reference right there. Batista gives the thumbs down and power bombs Buddy through the table. <laughs> <laughs> Does this go to Manny Malhotra? Sorry, the Manny Malhotra. Um,
0: it, it just it didn't work. I don't know what it was uh, or what the issues were, but it just it didn't work. I thought the penalty kill was okay. Like, not like I would I'd be fine if Heckstall came. <laughs> so I don't know if that's close as I'm getting to pronouncing his name. Uh, I think I would be fine with him coming back next year. Uh just I, I don't know what you do with the power play like I with that coach to be honest.
1: Am I forgetting an assistant by the way? Manny uh, Hextall Am I forgetting another one?
0: Paul McLean the mu- guy with the mustache? Sweet old Ottawa Senators coach?
1: Wait, wait, wait. On the Leaf staff? Yeah. When did that happen? You the guy who Brandon Press called a, a walrus? Yeah. Former coach of the year? Yeah. When the hell did that happen? He, he's not
0: even on the bench. He was uh, in the, uh, I guess, the video room or whatever.
2: All right. Uh, the other assistants are Steve Breer, the goaltending coach. Yeah. Sam Kim, the video and coaching coordinator. He's new. Uh, yeah. And Jordan Bean, the sti- sti- statistical analysis.
1: You're not going to let the goalie coach guy go, especially with like the hope that, that Campbell's going to be the guy going forward. Um, then maybe – it especially with the way the penalty kill went, unless it's – I don't see Hackstall going anywhere. But, yeah, maybe, maybe it's Manny. At the same time, do you want Manny to go? Like he's a, he's he's a sought-after guy.
2: Specialist, yeah. The face-off, yeah,
1: but
0: th- th- forget that, face-off. That's the thing is you can't – I don't think you can come back unless there's a different philosophy – coming into next season. I just find it really hard to have him come back and watch that power play again.
1: So Mitch Marner is to blame for man. The, the rumor of Mitch Marner not playing the goal line is I can't wait for those headlines to come. I'm not, and by the way, I didn't mean to disparage face-offs. I mean, they're incredibly important, but that power play needed a lot more than face-offs. face-offs. Yeah. God, face- Fun
0: face-offs
1: fact. are important, by the way. Very important. Fun Go fact. Ahead,
2: yeah. Uh, Manny Malhotra. Yep. is the brother-in-law of Steve Nash. Really? Yeah.
1: Like the coach like the Nets coach.
2: Yes, yeah, the NBA legend.
1: I don't, I'm just making sure I'm not a big bath. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um he I think he, Manny is married to Steve's sister.
1: Really? Yeah. Interesting. Small world. I know. Sports.
2: Sports family dynasty right there.
1: Exactly. I maybe I I think Manny needs to have a big career as a coach because as a player he was fine. Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah.
1: You know, I remember when he was a Hab and it was like, he, won, he would win the face off and immediately got off the ice. <laughs> that was it. He was, I remember Dale Weiss had a breakaway once and Manny Malhotra hadn't scored all year. And he sees behind him. Weiss gives him the puck and he scored. It was great. Can't remember who he was against, but that's what I remember about Manny Malhotra. Great guy. The great story after his eye injury and that, like an, a, an amazing story. Uh, two other things here. Elliot uh, also talked about our good friend Elliot. E, as we call him. EF. Great hair. Not really. His hair is leaving him. Uh, he talked about some of the coaching candidates. So there's a, a secret mystery name. Um, guys, he's talked about before. Uh, David Quinn out of, you know, former Rangers guy. Rick Talkett apparently has a third interview. Uh, Tony Granato has been talked about. The head coach of Wisconsin. In the I haven't heard that name in a while. I mean, Tony Granato, or is this a joke to like the Granato name? Because I hear about them like.
2: No, no, Tony Granato. Because like, yeah, he, he's. I remember when he coached the Avalanche, but it's been so long. That was when I was like a little kid.
1: I feel like all the coverage about Caulfield's just been like, "All right, you got it."
0: Wouldn't it's it weird be there. Wouldn't it be funny if they hired him? Because it'd is? be him, him as his coach. He'd be the coach, and his sister would be a scout.
1: Maybe he'd just yeah. be part of the
0: family. <laughs> It's I like, mean,
1: hey, it's a... It's that what the VC
2: family games. had at one point. Right, right. So,
1: man, yeah. by the way, I'm um, also... Like, the Father's Day thing. There's a picture of Eric stole with three of his sons. They all look exactly like him. It's hilarious. So, I don't know if, if Jared has any kids. I don't know if Dan Girardi does. I don't... I remember there was the stuff with Jordan Saul, which was a travesty. Um, but, like, you got to think about, like, looking at Eric alone, I can't wait in a few years... When it's like 12 stalls and 12 kachucks, yeah, all over again. I don't know, Justin Bourne, there's young Price and young Bergeron are around. It's it's just gonna gonna be be
0: at least two of them.
1: It's gonna be a line of stalls. (laughs) The Hughes, that when Luke Hughes shows up, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be messy. It's just gonna be. That's it. Um, We're going to have brothers on every single team, except Hamilton, because that's not allowed to happen. Uh, Another name was Joe Sacco, the Bruins' assistant coach, which I was like, oh, Oh. I didn't even... Does anybody ever hear about the assistant? If you know every assistant coach on every NHL team, I applaud you.
2: He used to be a head coach, Joe Sacco.
1: How did that end?
2: Uh, Not too well, but I remember... Yeah, he was the coach of the Avalanche, and I always found that funny, because when I was a little kid, I'm like, Joe Sacco and Joe Sackick?
1: um, Finally, uh, the OEL trade rumors have started to uh, heat pack up, which is hilarious. So last year, we all remember, uh, the Coyotes' OEL said, there are two teams I'm accepting in trades You, but it would have been Boston and Vancouver? Yeah. Polaroppa, he must be a big fan of 2011. So apparently (laughs) this year... Apparently things are different, even though they're not really. The Coyotes <laughs> will test the market and come to OEL with new offers. So basically, that doesn't change any. He still has the no move. So, so it's not I'm going to be a complete dick and give you two teens. I still choose where I which is his contr- like contract, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just it, I guess it's more like okay, great OEL's back on the market. I don't know how many people are going to take that deal now, but. Mm-hmm. It's still the same situation. He still decides where he goes, but I guess it's like yeah. not Vancouver anymore.
0: Like nothing nothing has really changed in terms of they're bad. Like I mean, it's yeah, like bad. Vancouver, yeah, they're 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 bad. Uh Arizona wasn't great this year, uh either. It's just like we're gonna have another summer of <laughs> was it where OEL is going? You know what I mean? It's like, like at the end of the day, he's still going to decide where he goes and we can have loads of conversations about it, but it's like, okay, well here are the two teams. And it's like on a random Friday in the middle of July, he will say, I do not want to be traded anymore. You know what
2: I mean? Wait
1: till he ends up in Carolina. it's
2: It's a huge thing now. I think with OEL that it's just another, an unfortunate thing for the coyotes. Because I know when it came to the negotiations last year, I know that it was it was that narrative that, you know, he was a great player on a bad team. But what I found this year is that his play diminished, not like a little bit, that to a point now where we still had the past rumors of last year. And then we have a guy that, you know, he's approaching his thirties and he didn't look too hot this year. So I think it's going to put the Coyotes in a buy now where they're just not going to get, Good value for
1: him last question before we go are you pro or con when talking about a hockey team saying we in reference oh, to yeah, i saw that on twitter the the fan base you cheer for
2: oh I have a joke with that with a friend and he really got annoyed well makes, it it he's, a, he's, a, he's a big soccer and hockey fan mm-hmm so, um, he's like, Yeah, we had a huge save then. Like, I think it was during the World Cup. I'm like, You mean Buffon had the save? <laughs> or he's like, Yeah, we had a big win last night. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't see you quarterbacking the power play last night.
0: <laughs> um, I guess to answer your question, I really couldn't care less. Like, Daniel. do whatever you want. <laughs>
1: Daniel's very <laughs> clearly against
0: it. Nah, it doesn't matter. Just, yeah, go. Mm-hmm. What about um, you, Adam?
1: I don't personally like saying it, but I'll put it like this. If you buy tickets to go to a game or you buy a jersey, say what you want. That isn't insulting. I mean, Uh, if you want to say, we the lads, we did great last night. Like, sure. I mean, you know, the fans are part of the game. I just, again, I don't say it. I don't like saying it because I'm not, I'm not a player. I don't even know how to skate. Right. But um, like, you do what you want. It's not going to ruin my day. Well, I don't
2: to say We the North anymore so, Well,
1: because You're not the North Montreal you're the, the North, North.
0: No. Sometimes Kings we, of the North Sometimes I say we But like, I try not to It just slips out of my mouth so what am I going to do no. about it?
1: I'm not going to I'm I. Man sh- You got to think of like Oh, here's Buddy playing with Dislocated fingers And punch your lungs Man, right. I was a baby When I broke my foot in high school <laughs> And it's like Oh, here's Guy playing The Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final yeah. With it <laughs> I remember telling my mom, I was like, yeah, I can't go to school today. My leg's hurting too. I mean, like, <laughs> broken, but like in reference to, yeah. here's Patrice Bergeron, probably can't breathe properly right now. Is playing Ovechkin when like Kadri need him and it's completely right. black and blue. Like it looks like a molded limb and he's mm. playing. It's like, okay, Parise, a broken sternum. His, his, his all organs can fall out. I'm fine, coach, put me in. Wow. That's why I personally don't say we because I'm not gonna go through that. But if I'm having a right. discussion with someone, it's like it gets heated. It's like we can do this. Like yeah. I'm like I'm I'm talking to people. I'm like, "Have we can do this? We can beat the, the golden lights." Because in that, I think if you get heated, and emotional, you get like, "We can do it, boys." Then it's like right. can, then that's fine. But a normal discussion, it's like, "Nah, I'll pass."
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah, I have a funny video. I'll send you guys after okay. of uh. It's a comedy skit of two soccer fans in England arguing about it. And it's pretty funny. I to send end, it over.
1: Yeah. Um, to end the show, um, we should pay our respects to uh, wild assistant GM just passed away. Rest in peace to Tom Kervers, former Montreal Canadian. I believe he won the cup with them in '86. Um, I think it was a battle with cancer. Um, mm. So rest in peace to that condolences to the family and all that. Apparently a really beloved guy in the game, Ray Ferraro tweeting about it, of course. Um, always a sad note to, to, to end on, but still we, we thought we should mention him. Uh, and on that note, yeah, we'll, we'll end the show here. If you guys want to just quickly check Twitter to see if everything else is, is going on. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, Tampa are actually doing a thing for him right now, so a really nice gesture there. Um, thank you, The Voice. That has always been a great platform for the show. I always appreciate it. Be sure to check out the shows, uh, all the social medias. you know. If there's a social media platform, we're probably out there, uh, especially the YouTube portion where you can see all our, our faces and our, our backgrounds and whatnot. And um, be sure to check out Alex's blog, my YouTube channel, HFR Tomorrow for Game 4. Just didn't have the heart to do it today because that game was terrible. Um, check out Danielson for the hockey riders. Minnesota have a lot going on. So I'm sure, there are good stuff coming. Read all this stuff multiple times because it's that good. And we will see you hopefully Wednesday. Um yeah. or maybe, maybe, yeah.
0: We'll figure it out after. We'll f- yeah, Okay. Out all, all right. Time. Trust okay. the process. We'll, we'll no, see. I don't know about that. <laughs> don't know about that no more. Don't know about that no more. Okay.
1: Actually, one more thing before we go. Let's hear it. It's a tied series right now. I didn't ask you permissions for that. Are you guys still confident in your first round? First round? Are you guys still confident in your predictions for the Vegas-Montreal series?
0: You think we both said six games? I think so,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. I said six games
0: about Montreal.
1: Okay. And then Tampa Islanders. I'm still going to go with the Islanders winning. That's, you know, I think I had Tampa winning. I'm going to change it now because I want Islanders Habs to be the final and no one scores.
2: It seemed like the 80s all over again. The Islanders, okay. and Canadians like, winning. I don't,
1: I don't love Tampa. I don't like them. I don't hate them, but no one wants to repeat. That's boring.
2: So you really hated Pittsburgh?
1: Uh, well, my buddy is a Sharks fan. Um, and at the other year, obviously, I was rooting for PK in the bread. So, um, but and everyone going to stay with what, what they are. We good
0: we are yeah yeah
1: okay good um yeah islanders winning in six by the way that's what i'll say now um okay okay we will see you whenever we see you then yeah goodbye